Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you have to step away from your radio for any reason, you don't have to miss out on the show here or the conversation on Detroit Today. You can go to iTunes or wherever it is that you download podcasts. You can download it and subscribe to Detroit Today, and you can take us with you and listen when or wherever or wherever you are Reading. I'm going to start today talking about autonomous vehicles. Downtown Detroit is buzzing with auto industry employees and reporters for the annual North American International Auto Show. Press week has long been filled with glitzy unveilings of new car models and press conferences with auto company bigwigs. But over the last few years, something else has been stealing the show at the auto show. Displays showing off self-driving cars and the technology that makes them work have been growing exponentially, it seems, every year. GM last week announced it is going to launch its first driverless fleet in 2019. That's just 12 months away. Are we really that close to a new reality on our roadways, though, where most people will be buying and manning self-driving cars? Imagine how much into the future that seems to be, the idea that there would be lots of vehicles on the roads that don't have human Drivers, how far are we away from being able to just get into a vehicle with a book or a newspaper, kick back and relax and read while our our cars drive us into work? That's where we're going to start the conversation today, talking about the proximity of self-driving cars being on the roads. And we want to hear from you. And I have a specific question for the listeners today on this issue. I, I think that there is a lot of apprehension out there about the idea of being in a car that's controlled by a computer because you think that the computer won't be as good a driver as a human, that somehow there will be more accidents or that there will be more serious accidents, I suppose, if a computer is in charge. That the idea that the human mind will be able to make better decisions behind the wheel than a computer mind. This is interesting to me because for years now, when you get in an airplane and go up to 30,000 feet and shoot through the air at 600-some miles per hour, it's a computer that is controlling most of the things that the airplane does. No one really thinks about that because there are two pilots sitting up in the cockpit and they're ready to take over whenever... The computer fails, I suppose. But most of the very complex things that happen during a flight, most of the really precise things that need to be done in bad weather, for instance, during a landing or a takeoff, are handled by a computer. And nobody ever really thinks about that. No one ever says, I'm not getting on this airplane because I don't think a human is going to control it. So what's our apprehension with cars? Why do we think that computers, which successfully take off and land most airlines in this country every day. Last year was the first year in many, many years that there were no commercial airline deaths in the United States, largely because of things like autopilot and the extent to which autopilot controls airplanes. Why don't we think that would be a better way to handle vehicles on the road? Are you someone who's apprehensive about that? Are you someone who's afraid to get into a car that's controlled by a computer? Or are you somebody who's just really enthusiastic about the idea? I would count myself in that category. I like the idea of being able maybe to get into a car and not have to man it, not have to 
to to drive the you know deal with traffic and and uh, all of the other things that that come with having to be so alert behind the wheel. So what what's your thought on that? What do you think uh, about this idea of driverless cars? Give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, also, g- give us an idea of how excited you are to go to the auto show next week when it opens to the public, and take a look at all of this technology uh, that's unfolding around the idea of autonomous vehicles. Is this something that's getting you psyched up for the near future? 2019, GM says they're going to put these cars out there for sale uh, or is this something that's got you a little bit, uh, a little bit apprehensive? Joining us now to talk about the idea of driverless vehicles is somebody who knows an awful lot about it. Carrie Morton is the deputy director of M City, which is the test facility for autonomous vehicles in Ann Arbor at the University of Michigan. Carrie, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and we should also note that Carrie is at Cobo Hall, I believe right now, uh, at the auto show as they're part of this unveiling, I guess, this constant unveiling of, <clears throat> of autonomous technology and the sort of prescience of the idea that it is coming to us very soon on the roads. Uh, Carrie, let, let's start with you talking about what is going on at the show this week during press and industry days uh, with regard to autonomous vehicles. I keep hearing, I'm going down to the show later today. It'll be my first time seeing it. But I keep hearing that it is really shifting, that the the, the show is shifting almost as fast as the technology is for cars. Uh, this, is, this is a show that is largely about driverless vehicles. Well, Stephen, you're right. This is certainly not the auto show that, as an undergrad, I was so excited to come to. Um, it's in a lot of ways really beginning to focus on the technology. We're downstairs in the automobility exhibit, which showcases uh, new technology mm-hmm. uh, from OEMs and other uh, university partners, startups as well. Um, and there are a number of autonomous vehicles here. In fact, uh, we're in a booth shared by the University of Michigan and Michigan State, if you can believe it or not, competitors on the field, collaborators in this space. Um, so lots of the technology, driverless shuttles, um, and also uh, development technology that will help uh, to, to further to further autonomous vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that idea that GM would have autonomous uh, vehicles in its fleet as early as 2019. You know, uh, we hear a lot of things at the auto show and during the auto show. A lot of times uh, uh, the industry comes out and says, ah, we're really close to doing X, Y, or Z, and they're not as close as they say they are. 2019 is next year. Uh, that's just 12 months away. Those models will be on, on showroom floors sooner than we know. <clears throat> is it realistic to believe that uh, GM will, will start selling those driverless cars by then? I don't think it's realistic that they will start selling them. I think we have to have, we're having a paradigm shift now mm-hmm. in how people engage with the passenger car industry. And that is, you'll see these vehicles first deployed in shared mobility fleets. Um, and you're going to hail it much like you hail an Uber or a Lyft. I see. And in that way, uh, 
the deployment and the rollout of these technologies is quite a bit more controlled. Uh, they have much more oversight from the automotive OEMs and the other providers of these services. Mm-hmm. So at first, you're going to be able to go to select cities in select urban environments and try out these technologies. And all the while, we are going to be learning about public acceptance and the trust in these technologies um, and how they perform. It's going to be a much longer time horizon before we would have, you or I would have one in our garage. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, we're still learning. And two, uh, the expense of the vehicles at this moment, it's not it's not practical um, for them to be personally owned. So that's why putting them in a shared fleet uh, helps to offset that cost. Yeah. And, and so uh, when we hear about uh, trucking companies, for instance, shipping companies talking about using driverless vehicles, that, that would sort of fall in that, uh, in that same category of, of things that are, that are probably more accessible in the near term. Exactly. So we like to call, um, you know, heavy over-the-road trucking right now has a shortage of drivers. And if you were to use a technology called platooning, where one truck has a driver at the front and many trucks follow behind without a driver, Uh and they're automated, um, that that is addressing a commercial need immediately. That is the shortage of truck drivers. And at the same time, there's a benefit in improved safety. the trucks are moving closer together, so they have better fuel efficiency. And just by closing the gap between those trucks, it's as if you've effectively increased the capacity of the roadway. So there's there are a lot of uh, multiple benefits to that kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Carrie Martin. She's the deputy director of the M-City Test Facility in Ann Arbor uh, at the University of Michigan, where they are looking at uh, the, the sort of the proving grounds for testing connected and automated vehicles on the roads. Uh, we were talking to Carrie. She's at the uh, preview for the North American International Auto Show. Uh, we're talking about the prospect of autonomous vehicles, driverless cars. Uh, how soon will they be on the road? How soon will they be something that we interact with uh, in our driving lives? And we want to hear from you, the listeners, about what you think about that. How comfortable are you with the idea of a computer operating your car or operating other cars on the road? Do you think that a computer will be able to make better decisions about driving than a human? I think there is something counterintuitive about the way we react to the idea of driverless vehicles, sort of assuming that we could control the car more safely or better, when really, I think uh, the demonstration shows uh, with airplanes and some other things that computers, uh, because you remove emotion and other kinds of uh, human qualities from the equation, uh, oftentimes are much better at making those decisions. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, <clears throat> or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We already got a lot of folks who want to participate here. Uh, Joe, Joe in Southfield, you're up first on Detroit Today. Hi. Uh, I'm 20 years old, and um, I kind of feel like autonomous cars are rebranding an outdated mode of transportation. I'm really hoping to look forward to a future with less cars and more public transportation solutions. And maybe autonomous cars could be a supplement to better transportation, but I kind of get worried the way it's 
just being looked at as a way of continuing cars huh. when looking at the environmental disasters that happened last year. I'm really hoping we can get rid of cars in a big sense. Wow, Joe, that's really that's a really interesting uh, point of view on this. Uh, I, you know, I, I, you you live here in Southeast Michigan with the rest of us, uh, so you're obviously familiar with the, the the fits and starts that we've had trying to build a better mass transit system. You know, I I, I sometimes wonder, uh, Carrie Morton, whether. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether the technology uh, that that's going to power these driverless vehicles also helps us rethink mass transit. So, for instance, you're saying that uh, we'll first see these cars in fleets and and in service kinds of vehicles. That that lends itself, I guess, to to more ride sharing, maybe um, maybe kinds of uh, certain kinds of mass transit that that also will be uh, powered by these by these computers. That's right, Stephen. I I agree wholeheartedly with Joe that what we don't want to see is everyone in their own individual (laughs) pod driving down the road. And M-City is actually much more than a test facility. We have a a broad research portfolio, and some of the things that we're looking at is how can these vehicles be integrated into an overall mobility system that reduces congestion and improves energy efficiency for the entire system. An example of that might be uh, I I might not take an automated vehicle to uh, my final destination, but rather I might use it as a solution for first mile, last mile transportation, where it might get me from my house to another form of mass transit um, and then move on its way. Yeah. Uh, so that's just an example of how we see it could integrate into the overall mobility system. Right, right. Joe, uh, I really appreciate uh, the call in uh, the comments. Dave on Twitter says, my commute is 40 minutes each way, and it'd be nice to be driven to work. I would certainly try one. What if I'm late? Will autonomous cars be legally allowed to speed? <laughs> I think that's a really great question. Uh, Carrie, that sort of gets to this idea of safety uh, with regard to autonomous vehicles. I mean, think of the things that we do as humans that introduce error or potential mm. error into driving, uh, like speeding, uh, like running red lights. Uh, talk about some of the things you guys are seeing at M City with, um, you know, with, with with this proving ground, with the research in terms of removing that human error or potential for error from the equation. Sure, uh, I think it's helpful to start with a couple of statistics. Unfortunately, human drivers get really distracted. Uh-huh. Uh, we have nearly forty thousand annual fatalities a year, and an automated uh, vehicle can really help to combat that. Um, by over 80% potentially. Um, but if you look at the other, that talks a lot about uh, the driver's uh, level of distraction and their ability to avoid obstacles around them, for example. But then the other statistic is that one there's one fatality per 100 million miles driven in America. And that speaks to a completely different kind of situa- situational awareness. Where we're not talking about is a car moving into my lane. It, it talks about more complicated scenarios that humans are able to navigate every day. And I think that is the leap uh, that we have to get to, to yeah. say that these are as safe or safer than a human. Yeah. Um, so we can do a lot uh, initially with the technology to improve uh, against distracted driving, et cetera. But it's those complex situations that are still going to be a, a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frank in uh, on Twitter says uh, GM's announcement of autonomous vehicles, I believe, is more of a market grab. The real issue 
is the cost of this form of transportation and who will it be marketed towards? Because at the end of the day, it's all about profitability. I think that's an interesting uh, idea too. Uh, this idea of accessibility to uh, to, to driverless vehicles or to, to, to transportation and what driverless vehicles might do there. I, I guess we don't really know which way that will cut, Carrie. Well, I think any successful solution is going to provide a solution that is economically viable for the vast majority of people, and it will provide socioeconomic mobility um, for those who otherwise are cut off from transportation options at the moment. Um, a way to provide affordable transportation for them to, for example, get to a grocery store or get to a doctor or school or work. Um, so I think the announcement from GM and others is just representative of the fact that we are in a complete transition in the auto industry. Mm-hmm. You'll note that many of these companies now refer to themselves as mobility companies. They are not car companies any longer. Right. Um, so I think this just represents the transition that we are in, and we're going to look back in 10 years um, and see this as a real a real pivotal point in, in uh, the history of the automobile. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Lots of folks uh, waiting to chime in on this issue. Brian in Ann Arbor, welcome to Detroit Today. You there, Brian? Oh, hey, good morning. Yeah. How go are ahead. you doing? Good, how are you? Hey, so, um, yeah, here's, I, I wanted to uh, kind of put a different spin on this. I'm actually on Plymouth Road right now just outside of M-City in Ann Arbor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, uh, in my business, I'm spending a lot of time on the road. And I would be an early adopter of this technology. In fact, I have a friend who uh, is a type 1 diabetic, and he went blind a few years ago. And he would be an early adopter, and he has the financial means to make that happen. What I object to is the discussion that I'm even hearing in this conversation this morning about replacing drivers with driverless cars. And that Mm -hmm. seems to be the direction that so many people who advocate for this uh, want us to go. They wanted this to be a binary choice. They see this as a safety issue, or as the young man that called earlier said, they want to they want to try to imagine a world where everyone is forced. And I do use the word forced deliberately to use public transportation. And you know, frankly, I would be an early adopter of this technology, but I don't like hearing that many of these vehicles don't have steering wheels and brakes. I'd like to be able to choose. And you know, I'll be very deliberate when I say I think it's the American way to give people choice. <laughs> and I'd like to get your reaction to that. Yeah, no, Brian, I think that's a really I, – I, I mean, I think that's actually a really common sentiment among people and, and, and drives some of the uh, resistance or fear of, of this idea of driverless, uh, driverless cars. Uh, Carrie Martin, I'll give you a chance to, to respond to what he said there. Yeah, so uh – I agree, Brian, that we want to make sure that these uh, vehicles integrate, as I said, into a system that provides um, an overall better mobility picture for all. And you mentioned that you drive in traffic quite a bit. Um, trying to make these technologies accessible to communities who don't have enough transportation options as it is, mm-hmm. is a really important aspect for this industry to look at. And and we are launching and deploying driverless shuttles on campus as one option for members of our campus to um, be able to try out. And in, in, a, in a later phase, we're going to be studying the accessibility issues with that shuttle, making sure that this uh, can provide solutions that hadn't otherwise existed uh, for, for uh, people with limited ability. 
Yeah. Uh, what about this idea, though, of cars without steering wheels or or, or pedals? That's one of the things that uh, I, I believe is GM is is showing off is this concept right. uh, of a vehicle that you would not be able uh, to drive, at least in a conventional way. Um, is that... Is that sort of, first of all, butting up against sort of a cultural norm or expectation in this country that would be very difficult to break? And is that something that uh, safety-wise uh, is is a great idea? I mean, even in airplanes uh, where you do have computers flying the plane most of the time, the pilot can always take over uh, and 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 deal with something that uh, perhaps is is failing with the computer or something like that. What? How far is that? I guess along this spectrum, and is that that realistic? Well, I think we're certainly going to find out with these early deployments. We're going to find out how that works. But I can say that one of the biggest challenges uh, in the industry as we go toward increasing levels of automation, we aren't going to. We aren't going to hit a light switch and overnight all cars are going to be fully automated, no steering wheel, no brake pedal. But research has shown that there is a significant challenge in engaging a driver who has been reading instead of um, uh, performing the driving task Mm -hmm. when they are needed. And so there are some schools of thought that argue it's safer to take the human out of the loop because when they are not fully responsible for driving, 100% 100% of the time, their ability to handle the, a transition back to driving, is there's, there's inherent risk in that. Yeah. Um, so in certain cases, it may make sense to have a vehicle with no steering wheel, no pedal. In certain cases, it may make sense to have a hybrid of both. Yeah. And I think we'll see that, that parallel path for some time. Okay, Carrie Morton, Deputy Director of M-City Test Facility in Ann Arbor. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about driverless vehicles. Craig Hoff, who's Dean of the College of Engineering at Kettering University, home to an industry standard autonomous vehicle proving ground. He's going to join us. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Alex and Novi, Tom in Northwest Detroit, we will get to you when we come back. Stay with us on Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the possibility of driverless vehicles being on the road as soon as 2019. GM last week announced it plans to launch its first driverless fleet in 2019. That is just 12 months away. Are we moving that fast toward the idea of autonomous vehicles? And more importantly, what do you think about that? Are you somebody who's excited about the prospect of climbing into a car and having a computer take over, not worry about driving and all the decisions that have to be made while you're driving? Or are you somebody who is a little skeptical of the idea that computers can keep us safe, get us to where we're supposed to go uh, on time and things like that? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you 
into the conversation. Joining us now to talk more about this push toward uh, driverless vehicles is Craig Hoff. He is the dean of the College of Engineering at Kettering University, which is home to an industry standard autonomous vehicle proving ground. Craig, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, thank you. Pleased to be here. Yeah. Uh, you're somebody who does think this is moving awfully fast and, oh. and maybe maybe too fast. I don't know. Is uh, that... Uh... I don't know about too fast, but um, <laughs> certainly the automobile industry is used to having a fast pace of change. But what is throwing everybody off, I think, is how, f- how fast that rate of change is happening right now. Right. This autonomous vehicle thing is happening very, very quickly. And, and you know, I'm always very curious. Uh, we were talking with Kerry Morton of, of M-City before. Yeah. You guys have your own uh, proving ground. I'm really curious about how things look on the roads at these at these facilities. That that is this something that that seems like it's working in in a way that people would be comfortable with. In other words, if a car is uh, driving down a street and a ball uh, shoots out in front of it, uh, does an autonomous vehicle? You know, when you guys are testing these things, does it stop? Does it does it recognize those things? You know, the the, the number of decisions that drivers have to make uh, just in a few blocks, it seems almost incredu- incredulous that the that a computer could do all of that. Well, you actually hit on a pretty good point. The, the computers are pretty good at at most of this autonomous driving thing. Mm-hmm. But what the real trick is, is programming all the exceptions. Like that ball that bounces out, right? You have to program that. Uh, you're driving down, someone throws a car door open, you have to open for that. So if everybody did what they were supposed to do all the time, it would be far <laughs> easier to pull this one off. Right, right. It's it's accounting for the human error, right, in right. In, in, uh, in interacting with the, 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 yeah, the driverless but, but, vehicle. But the human has the same kind of a, a problem when a ball comes bouncing out in front of them. What do you do, right? Yeah, and so I think uh, computers are probably going to be better, well, definitely going to be better than people. Um, but it's going to take a while for people to accept that. To, and to get used to the idea that, that this is the way things things work. I mean, you know, I I have said many times I'm someone who's really excited about the idea of uh, autonomous vehicles for myself. I want to get in one, right. but I'm a little nervous about the other vehicles, right? Uh, the, 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 the human-driven vehicles and how they interact with well, that. Uh, in, in some sense, the technology is almost the easy part here. Uh, we got really great engineer scientists working on the problem. Uh, but the people issues, uh, how are people going, you know, human factors, how are people going to react with this car that they can no longer control? Right. Uh, it's going to take a while for us to really understand that and to get people comfortable with uh, the whole concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Lots of folks uh, participating in this uh, conversation already. Uh, Stanley on Twitter says he'd get into a self-driving car. Quote, as long as I have a helmet and a seatbelt on. So he's thinking of uh, maybe a NASCAR kind of uh, existence for for riding in self-driving cars. Brian on Twitter says, is anyone revisiting and revising local and state traffic laws for self-driving cars? Who gets tickets for non-accident violations, the passenger, the company, or are self-driving cars exempt from traffic laws? That's a great question. Uh, and there it's are unresolved of, at this time. Yeah. And when I was mentioning earlier, I think the technology is going to be there before these other factors are in place. Uh, right now, if you're in an accident, you're responsible, right? right. Uh, if a autonomous car is in an accident, well, 
Are the automakers responsible? How is that going to work? And uh, it's going to take a while for all those kind of issues to be worked out. Yeah. So yeah. in a way, again, I think the technology comes first, uh, legal, ethical So then people. does that make this, this claim by General Motors that they're going to have a driverless fleet on the roads by 2019, does that make that something of an oversell? I think the only way you're going to figure out how this whole system works is to start working the system, try is it. to do it. Yeah, I mean, there are some things you can sit and think about forever, and then you'll be paralyzed. Uh, at some point in time, you have to take your best effort. Uh, I, again, I have no doubt the technology is going to be there. Right. Um, other issues are going to take time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back to the phones here. Larry in Shelby Township. Larry, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Uh, my, my comment is that um, computers are deductive machines completely incapable of uh, inductive or intuitive reasoning. And there's just situations when you're out on the road, like today in the snow, that the the car just can't take account for some of the factors. I got stuck in a parking lot with the electronic traction control uh, was overriding the car. You know, I couldn't, I, I had to press the override button and, um, give it a little extra gas to get unstuck. If I, if I wouldn't have that option, then uh, I'd still be in that parking lot right uh, now. I, you know, I, that's, a, that's a really interesting set of, uh, set of variables, uh, the, the idea that how do you get the, com- the car to think the way a person well, would? And that's one of the key features of autonomous cars is uh, the use of auto- um, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And literally what you do is you, you have these algorithms and you teach the car. You put the car into different situations and then you help the car get out of it. And then the vehicle basically learns what happens. So in the case of that parking lot, uh, you're basically going to have to teach the car how to get out of that situation by taking the car, getting it stuck and helping the car get out. It will remember and then yeah. it'll know what to do the next And time. Is, is, are these the kind of things that you guys are doing uh, on these proving grounds? Teaching, oh, a- absolutely. Teaching the, the, the car to, to drive? Well, well, you're, you, well you, you got a whole bunch of things that have to go on with the word teaching, right? We got to teach the car, <laughs> we got to teach the uh, young engineers of the world of how this new world is going to work. And certainly that's one of the things that we're working on hard at the university is uh, adding programming because it's a whole different skill set for people, for cars. Uh, Everything has to, yeah. a lot of learning here. Yeah, yeah. Larry, thanks very much uh, for the call and the comments. Uh, let's go to John on the east side of Detroit. John, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks for taking my phone call. Sure. So I was having a big uh, discussion with my brother over the holidays about this, and he doesn't think it's coming, and he says he'll never buy one. And he was the same guy that said he would never use speed control until he started traveling a lot and found out that it saved gas. And And... So the discussion about driverless cars, you know, is really intriguing because people are afraid of it. But, you know, 30,000 people died last year because they crashed into the back of a car, just didn't stop. And and they say, well, how are computers going to do that? People can't. And I I maintain that a, a defective computer would still do a much better job than the average human being. And so yeah. my my thing is, is it's coming and embrace it and enjoy <laughs> it. And, and, you know, the other thing we work, I work long hours, 16, 17 hours a day sometimes and driving home. And then you get behind crazy. the wheel, right? Yeah. And I would just love to get into a vehicle and, and let it drive me home. So yeah. Yeah. that's my comment. John, thanks. Uh, I appreciate uh, the call. 
uh, in the comments there. Uh, let's quickly go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit today. Yeah, good morning. You know, and I'm a 1947 baby boomer, and I'm going to keep the wheel in my hand and my foot on the accelerator. <laughs> and, the and, you know, yeah. the, the scenario, you know, you were talking about the airplanes. Okay, that's a given. I mean, I don't, I don't have them. I don't own one, first of all. And so, therefore, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, to me it almost seems like with all of this new technology and stuff, we're going to become a mindless society. I mean, you know, you get in the car, you don't have to think and that kind of thing. And, you know, you're on these phones and computers and, <laughs> you know, you just do whatever and you just hit a button. I mean, you're not working the, you're not working the noodle upstairs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it, it'll go, it'll atrophy. And then what do we have? We've got a mindless society. But me, myself, uh, I mean, I'm going to go back to Brian. I agree with Brian. Uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to keep the, steering wheel in my hand yeah. and my foot and my feet <laughs> accelerating the Tom, brain. I think a lot of people think the way you do and well, I appreciate your calling and saying that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I agree. I think, I, I again, I'm, I'm a little more enthusiastic about uh, the prospect of, of autonomous cars, but uh, but I appreciate the comments there. All right, Craig Hoff, Dean of the College of Engineering at Kettering, uh, home to an industry standard autonomous vehicle proving ground. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for okay. having me. Up next, we are going to talk about churches who are providing safe spaces for immigrants in the era of Donald Trump and massive deportations, threats of massive deportations. Really important conversation next on Detroit Today. We'll be right back. Thank you.